Well, today we are continuing uh, the More Than series, and uh, this morning we're looking at More Than Diligent, uh, which probably doesn't excite you too much, the word diligence, but it will be exciting. I, uh, I assure you that, you know, when we think about the word diligent or diligence, uh, you know, it's probably not a word that we, we really think about a lot during our day-to-day life, but, you know, without this area in our world, diligence, uh, there would be a lot of things that wouldn't get done. I was chatting to Marcus. Uh, if you don't know Marcus, he's a carpenter. And uh, he uh, recently was looking to get someone on board uh, to help him with his work, to help him with some jobs. And so he had a guy lined up uh, to come on a, on a particular day. And it was his first day. And uh, I think, what time did he have to meet at your place? About nine. So that's, that's not too bad. I mean, that, that's pretty not Pretty generous. Nine o'clock start. Uh, so at nine o'clock came, no show, uh, you called him, is that right? Called him a couple of times. So at 11.30, Marcus gets a text, not a call, a text from this guy uh, saying he slept in. So, you know, I'm not sure if diligence was one of this, this guy's greatest qualities. Uh, but, you know, without diligence, you know, you're going to find it hard to hold down a job. Without diligence, you're going to find it hard to pay the bills, and really to be a person that others can rely on. And so the definition of diligence is having or showing care and thoroughness in one's work or duties. Having or showing care and thoroughness in one's work or duties. You know, and the Bible speaks very highly about diligence. Uh, In 1 Timothy 4, Paul instructs Timothy to be diligent with his gift. And he says, don't neglect your gift which you were given through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent about this work. Throw yourself into it so that your progress may be clear to everyone. You know, I was thinking, I've actually been thinking a little bit about this verse lately because it's talking about the gifting God has given you. And it's saying, make sure that you're diligent with the gift God has given you uh, to the point where people around you should be able to see your progress. And I think that's something... You know, as, as we're growing and maybe you're still discovering what are those gifts God has given you, but it's, it's a good question to ask. Am I being diligent with the gift God has given me so that to the point that others around me can actually see my progress? Uh, the Bible also speaks about diligence with our work. So with our job, and in Titus 3 it says, our people have to learn to be diligent in their work so that all necessities are met, especially among the needy, and they don't end up with nothing to show for their lives. So we know that diligence, uh, like I shared with Marcus before, it's it's a part of uh, making sure that we can provide for the necessities in life, food, shelter, clothing, uh, and not just uh, the the necessities for ourselves, but it also refers to for for, for the needy as well. And so the Bible also speaks highly about diligence in your home. And in 1 Timothy 3, uh, the context is uh, a prerequisite for leadership in the church. So a lot of people think, well, to be a leader in the church, I just need to do a Bible college subject. But, you know, 1 Timothy 3 actually tells us the, the Bible's more concerned about your character uh, as, as a prerequisite for doing leadership uh, in the church, but in life in general. And, and so it says, servants in the church are to be committed to their spouses, attentive to their own children, and diligent in looking after their own affairs. Those who do this servant work will come to be highly respected, a real credit to this Jesus faith. 
So this morning, we want to look at this area of diligence, and uh, we have the privilege of interviewing a great man. I'm not sure if you know him, uh, Nathan Young, husband, uh, and he um, is pretty much responsible for most of what you see on the screens. Uh, so he's definitely behind the scenes guy, but you know, we were thinking around this topic of diligence that there wouldn't really be someone better to chat to this morning than Nathan Young Husband. So I'm going to spend some time just interviewing him this morning. Can we just put our hands together for Nathan as he comes? Welcome. Thank you for having me. No worries. This is becoming a habit now. It's, it's like the Graham Norton show. Anyone watch that? Although he has, he has a glass of wine. Uh, on hand. Can we organise that for me? Or? Might, be get, might be able to get some water. Yeah, can, can we? Maybe just, thanks. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you here, Nathan. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for giving me the privilege of um, being able to have a conversation with you today about no being worries. diligent. No worries. Well, I, I just want to start off, first of all, by mentioning your surname, because it's a great surname. Yes. Young yep. husband. Yep. It's the only surname I've ever known, so... It, to a lot of people, they laugh when they hear it. I don't understand because it's my only last name and that's what I'm used to. But uh, just to um, clarify, uh, young husband, it's not literal. It's actually English and it's short for young husbandry, which means young farmer. Wow. So, uh, so are you a farmer then? Or? I'm not, no, but my dad was and we, oh. I guess we come from, and his father was and I'm guessing all the way back to England days. Um, they Maybe were you will farmers. be one day a farmer. Um, no, not likely, no. no okay. <laughs> that's all right. Well, it's a great name. It's kind of a prophetic name in a sense, young husband, because you are engaged at the moment, isn't that right? I am engaged, and I have my engagement party a little later today, um, which will be uh, a great celebration of love. No, that's, that's beautiful, isn't it? Come on, let's put our hands together. So, um, Nathan, apart from male modelling, uh, what else do you tend to... I don't really want to go into that too much, because... Thank I'm you. pretty familiar that. with that industry and how that works. No, I'm just joking. Uh, male modelling. Um, now, what else do you do in your spare time? Yep, um, well, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, well, I'm, my name's Nathan and I am 28 years old uh, and I'm the media producer at Bayside Church. I have the privilege of uh, leading Bayside Media, uh, which I love doing. Uh, and I enjoy listening to music but not playing music because I'm terrible with instruments and rhythm and all that kind of stuff. So I like listening to music. I like going to the gym. I like uh, going for runs, uh, trying to stay as healthy as possible. Uh, and I like hanging out with friends. I like making new friends. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much me. Nice. Well, you mentioned uh, your role at the church. Um, so tell us, because I know that's kind of developed over the years, because how long ago did you start at yeah, church? I started August uh, 2009. It was August 10th, 2009. Okay. And my first day, so I'm a staff member here at Bayside Church, um, and I actually had my first day of work before my first gathering experience at Bayside oh, okay. Church. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. So you didn't really know what you were in for. Is that what you're saying? Um, I had an idea, uh, and yeah. I was very excited for it. Um, but I think it's interesting because a lot of people, um, when they come into uh, work as a staff member at, at the church, they've already been at the church, they know the culture, they know... Mm. Um, yeah, all that stuff. Mm. Uh, for me, it was a bit of a different experience. Um, I've been going to church for um, many years, uh, and I um, was given the job opportunity through... Or I went to university with the person that 
um, used to have the job as being the Bayside media producer, oh, right, yeah. uh, and he knew about um, how I was looking for other, uh, other work, and at the time I was a camera operator and editor for Prime News in Northern New South Wales, uh, and for those that don't know what Prime is, that's pretty much Channel 7's version of, um, yeah, Channel 7's country version um, of yeah. TV show, TV channel. Uh, and yeah, he, he knew that I was looking for uh, other work in the media area, um, so he mentioned to me that he was getting married and moving overseas, so he had to vacate his job, uh, and, I knew, and he let me know that Bayside was looking for someone to replace him, so uh, I put my um, resume in and had a chat with, um, the, with Sandra, and yeah. at the time Tim Smith, who was the uh, media manager, and they liked me enough to give me the opportunity to uh, move all the way from I'm pretty much at the top of New South Wales, back down to Melbourne. Originally, I'm from Geelong, um, and I've studied at Deakin University, Burwood, so I knew the Melbourne area, and um, I'd been to Bayside once before, and that okay. was, uh, it must have been, it was a youth event, it was called Transform, if anyone uh, yeah, knows yeah. that, years and years yeah, ago. Yeah. Uh, so that was my only experience with Bayside Church before actually coming to be a staff member. Uh, cool. Awesome. So when you... How has how's your role progressed from when you started uh, to what it is now? Yeah, so when I first started, um, my job responsibilities were to look after the news, which I still do, um, and also be the producer for Bayside TV. Um, and then over the years, Bayside TV then turned into the exchange. Uh, and then my job in that regard um, was changed again. So I went from being the producer um, and for those that don't know what a producer does, um, I like to define that as a producer is someone that gets things done. So there's a show that has to uh, get a format and have guests and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's really up to the producer to get things done, to put things into place and make sure that when you're in the TV studio that everything that is supposed to go right does go right. Um, so that's a, it can be yeah. a, a, quite a character building uh, <laughs> experience. Um, but yeah, it was something that I enjoyed. Um, but then when, we, when the church started the exchange, um, I wasn't uh, put into that role. I then became more of a video producer um, as opposed to the producer of the whole show. So the topic overviews uh, and other videos that get played in the TV show, um, I was responsible um, for either creating or overseeing. So okay, that cool. was good. And then from there, um, well, actually from the start of this year, um, I've had the uh, privilege, and I keep saying it's a privilege because I believe it, it really is, um, of leading Bayside Media. So that um, means rostering um, people, which a lot of people, when you hear that, you're like, oh, that doesn't sound fun. I actually have started to learn to enjoy it because um, it's like a big puzzle and you get to put all, try to fill all the puzzles and um, yeah, solve a lot of things that uh, need to be solved um, with rostering people. Um, but also to lead and inspire um, the team as well, to help develop a healthy culture, um, to have people want to put their hand up and to serve, to want to get out of bed uh, on a Sunday morning, to want mm. to give up their Saturday night uh, at Cheltenham because um, we have a fairly big um, media team at Cheltenham. We require seven people um, at Cheltenham just to run media. That's um, each service, is that's that? each, each gathering, each yep. Gathering, yep. Um, whereas here at Frankston, we've got Zach on multimedia, and he's waving the flag for Bayside Media this morning, so... Go, Zach. That's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Um, so that's how my job has kind of transformed. I've been, yeah, I remember a few years ago, or even maybe a year ago, um, I've never wanted 
to be the leader of Bayside Media. Um, that wasn't something that I was striving for. It was an opportunity that was opened up to me at the end of last year. And I was in a season, I still believe I still am in a season of um, whenever God gives me an opportunity, I just say yes. <laughs> um, because you never know what's on the other side. Um, mm. Something very profound that I heard um, a few years ago was um, by the leader of Red Frogs. Um, he said, um, God is always on the other side of inconvenience. So if something is inconvenient for you, um, you just got to believe that God's on the other side. Mm. And sometimes you might not want to do something, but you know it's the right thing. And if you just push through it and you do it, uh, it's amazing to see mm. what God can do in you and through you. Mm. And that's definitely something that I've seen in this uh, past year as well, of, yeah. um, leading Bayside Media. That's really cool. Um, so you may not realise that um, I do a bit of work in the Bayside area and uh, sometimes I'm driving around and just randomly I'll see Nathan and he'll have his headband on, Nike headband. Is that? Uh, it's yeah, Air Jordan. Air I think Jordan. It's the same sorry. one LeBron James wears, I think. Okay. So, oh wow, yeah. that's powerful. Um, and greatest uh, athlete in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and the headphones in, and and you're running, and I kind of always feel a little bit guilty when I see you. But um, you know, you, you for those who don't know, Nath has actually um, done a few half marathons and mar- a marathon as well. Yeah, one marathon. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, we're on the subject of diligence today, so why don't you just tell us, I guess, the diligence that was required to um, do half marathons, a marathon, um, and just to stay fit in general? Yeah. Um, well, um, I've never been a runner um, up until maybe 2010. Like, I would never say that, like, yes, I'm a runner, I enjoy running. Um, when I was younger, when I was in primary school and high school, I was quite overweight and I wasn't really athletic at all. Um, but Around year 10, I kind of decided, all right, enough's enough, I've got to uh, do something. Um, my parents can't make me lose weight, um, my sister can't make me lose weight, my friends can't make me lose weight uh, and get healthy, but I can do it. So I owned that decision uh, and I joined a gym and I started working out and I lost probably close to 20 kilos, um, which was um, a really big effort for I wish me. I had a before and after. Yeah, And so that was in high school. And then fast forward to about 2010, um, I still remember this, it was at an Australia Day barbecue uh, and one of my friends said, oh, I'm doing run for the kids and um, it'd be really cool if you guys could, like saying to me and a group of friends, it'd be cool if you could um, join me and we can do run for the kids together. And I thought, oh yeah, well, I may as well, like that's, that's a goal that I can um, aim towards, it's about 14 kilometres, at that time it was about 14 kilometres, uh, and I thought, oh yeah, I could do that. And the thing that lit my fire to make me really want to do it was when he said, you know what, I don't care what I finish, just as long as I beat you guys. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, challenge accepted. So from <laughs> then, I was, I was very um, focused on going for my runs, getting out of bed early. Mm. Um, it didn't matter if it was cold, well, it kind of did, but um, <laughs> I, I still remember getting out of bed um, when I was training for the half marathons and then eventually the marathon, and I'd look at weather zone and it would say one degree outside. And I'd think, oh, I'd rather stay in bed, but I learned really quickly that I couldn't um, just rely on my feelings. I've, if I felt like staying in bed, then I wasn't going to train, I wasn't going to be able to do the marathon, and I wasn't going to achieve the goal that I, set, I eventually set for myself. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I also heard, um, diligence aside, that there was a jacuzzi promised if you would finish a marathon. Can you tell us a bit about yeah, that? Yeah, jacuzzi, a hot tub or a spa, whatever you want to call it. Yep, I live with um, Joel Cleary, who is the older brother of Casey Cleary, uh, and he 
uh, gave me a challenge one day saying that if I was to run a full marathon, he'd put a hot tub in the backyard of the place that we live at. So a little bit of a backstory for that. Um, I was well known for saying the phrase, I don't do things by halves. Uh, and Joel is someone that has actually, he'd done a marathon before. He did it, I think, in 2008 or 2009. Um, I think it was 2008. It was before I met him. Uh, and he, he always had that one up on me because I was doing half marathons. Uh, and whenever I'd refer to, oh, I'm training for my marathon, he'd quickly correct me and say, no, Nathan, you're training for a half marathon. <laughs> That's 21 kilometers. A full marathon is 42 kilometers. It's... It's twice as good as a half marathon. So um, eventually, yeah, he laid out the, the challenge. He said, um, Nathan, if you do it, and I'd actually, I'd keep um, teasing him a little bit as well, saying, hey, Joel, it would be really good if we had a hot tub in the backyard and, you know what, do a deck as well. And it'd be a really good entertaining area. And he got fed up of me saying um, that, I'd, that I'm running marathons and saying that we should get a hot tub and all that. And he thought, you know what? If you do run a full marathon, then we'll put a hot tub in the backyard. So I said, I shook his hand. Um, <laughs> I said, challenge accepted. And then I, I made a point of telling everyone about that story so he would be held accountable. Uh, and then six <laughs> months later, after doing the marathon, the hot tub was in the backyard and uh, is still there, which is really cool. That is a good effort. actually really hot. <laughs> that is a good effort. Yeah. Uh, now, running a marathon, that's, that's a pretty impressive effort. I find running to the letterbox and back requires great diligence on my part. Um, was there something that uh, has complemented your faith, I guess? You know, there's a, there's a lot of the time there's para parallels between exercise and our faith. Is there something you've found that's complemented your faith as a result of doing marathons? Yeah, absolutely. So with the training for the marathon, as I touched on before, um, or as I mentioned before, um, feelings. Like, you can't always listen to your feelings. Um, I knew that if I stayed in bed and didn't get out and run um, because I felt like staying in bed and felt like not running, uh, that I wasn't going to progress, I wasn't going to grow, and I wasn't going to be able to achieve um, what I wanted, or what I'd set out for. Same thing goes with church. I don't feel like going to church on a Sunday morning, um, but if, if that's how you feel, like, just do it because um, I can never think of a time where, and sorry, I can think of a time where I haven't felt like going to church, but then I do, and then I've never left thinking, oh, I wish I didn't go. Like, mm. I've always met with God, I've always met with his people as well, and I've always mm. thoroughly enjoyed um, got pushing through that and not just listening to my feelings at the time, but yeah. actually making a conscious choice uh, and then just following through with that, creating a healthy habit and following through with that. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think one thing that I've definitely learned between um, my Christian walk and also just training for the marathon um, is feelings. So not get swayed by mm. how you feel because feelings change. Um, you need to make a decision and then you need to start putting healthy habits into place uh, to make sure that you set out and do um, what it is that you want. Yeah. And if you want to grow in your Christian faith, um, then you need to develop healthy habits and you might not feel like reading the Bible today, but open it up and see what God's got to say to you. Mm. You might not feel like coming to a church gathering on the weekend, but turn up and then see what God's got to do. Yeah. And I guarantee that God's not going to let you down. Mm, um, I guarantee that you're actually going to enjoy it. Uh, and you're going to grow as well if that's the desire that's, uh, that God has put in your heart, which mm. I believe it is. <laughs> that's great. Uh, now, I've been around church for a little while and more so youth and young adults. And uh, I do find there can be a tendency uh, for apathy around that age group. But 
You know, one thing with watching Nath over the years in his role and, and obviously being a young adult and around young adults, uh, he has remained incredibly uh, steadfast and diligent in his role. Uh, and I think really a lot of us could learn from him. And so I, I just wanted to ask you, uh, over the last few years, is there something that's helped you uh, to remain diligent, uh, I guess, in your service to God and, and his church? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the main thing is what we do when we come to serve at church, it's significant and it's important. As soon as you take that away, as soon as you don't think that it's significant and it's not important, um, your passion's going to start running out and eventually fade out. So one thing that I constantly remind myself with uh, is everything that I do when I'm volunteering at church um, is significant and it makes a difference, um, especially with media. We live in, it's 2015, media is everywhere. Um, media's on your phone, media's on your screens at church, media's on uh, TV and um, just everywhere you look, there is media, there is video, there are images. Um, and I think it's really important that the church um, steps up and presents media in a way that is creative but also professional as well. Um, that we do things with a sense of excellence, that we don't just go, oh, near enough's good enough, um, because if something, if you don't hit that near enough is good enough, it's not good enough, um, and God always deserves the best, God always deserves excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I constantly remind myself with. Um, that's one of the things that um, if I don't feel like getting to church an hour and a half early um, for media, I remind myself, well, I'm a leader right now. Um, the, my attitude, my positive attitude, um, will then uh, encourage the other people on my team. So if I'm walking into media at Cheltenham uh, 4.30 on a Saturday and I've got a frown on my face, um, what's that going to do to the rest of the team? That's probably going to make them a bit mm. sad as well. So I try to put a smile on my face. I try to remember and have joy in my heart for mm. what we're actually doing. Uh, and yeah yeah that's good have you found there's been any scriptures that have helped you with what you do uh, some of my friends will roll their eyes when they hear this but I say Philippians 4:13 over my life a lot I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength uh, and that's yeah whenever someone actually says to me oh you can't do that or like if I have some sort of wild idea like oh let's do this and they're like oh you can't do that I'll then just turn to them and say Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and then they'll roll their eyes and whatever and then I'll go and do it um, because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength so yeah that's the one main standout Bible verse um, that helps me remain uh, diligent I think uh, mm-hmm. just believing in myself as well um, I believe that words are really powerful so um, I guess other verses, um, if you open up the book of James, it talks about the power of words, the power of um, life and death is in the tongue. So if you're speaking negative words over yourself, you're going to be killing your life off. Like any um, positivity, you're going to be sucking out. So um, I always believe in speaking positive words uh, and trying to have a positive attitude with things, even when things, like even when you're in the storm of life uh, and everything is going wrong and everything is horrible, um, you just have to trust that God is in it. And um, if I start speaking those positive words of my life and believing it, um, it's amazing to see how I come out of that storm and how mm. I can enter into, um, yeah, all the best that God has for me. Mm, that's really good. Uh, you've touched on it a little bit, uh, but your role obviously working with people a lot, raising up uh, teams and creating healthy culture. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to share in terms of, I guess, diligence in, in that, maybe transferring it from yourself to others. Um, but, yeah, I guess how, how do you find diligence plays out in, in that kind of team-building atmosphere? Yeah. 
Um, I believe in multiplying leadership. I think that it's great that I can be a leader um, in, in this season, but my desire is to see other people raised up uh, to do as good a job as me and then do a better job than me. So I'm diligent in trying to um, pass on all the information and all the knowledge that I have uh, in regards to media and also, I guess, just managing people as well, um, to treat people res with respect, to encourage people. Um, when you're rostering people, they're not just names on um, a piece of paper. They're people that God loves. Um, and there are people that have a story. And sometimes they might put their hand up to do a, um, to do a role. And for some reason, they couldn't get there um, to do that role or whatever. And it can be for a bunch of um, legitimate reasons. Uh, car accident, um, someone getting rushed to the hospital. These are all different things that um, I've been told that... that why people can't get to um, serve at church on the weekend. Um, so just, yeah, understanding that, um, yeah, people are important uh, and that everyone has a story as well and to listen to people as well um, yeah. and not just think that, oh, well, they've made a commitment, so they need to turn up, they need to do it, um, but to have grace. I think, yeah, um, grace is um, something that's really important. God's extended so much grace to me over my life. Um, what are we called to be like as Christians? like Christ, so um, mm. that's my response um, yeah. to all these different situations. That's really good. Um, I don't know how many people have um, been introduced to Stacy and Tracy on the screen before. Um, hands up if you know Stacy and Tracy. They haven't been around for a while. Um, amazing ladies. But tell me how pivotal was it in your media career to meet Stacey and Tracy? And it was definitely a highlight, probably top 100 maybe. Like top yeah. 100, okay. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah it's very good. Really yeah. I'm looking forward to working with them a bit more in 2016. Okay, if, if you're not aware of Stacey and Tracy, they will be back, so you don't need to fear. Just a couple more questions before we wrap up. Um, Bayside Media's obviously come a long way over the years. I think even before your time back in the day, I remember Pastor Rob, didn't he used to sit in a lounge room or do something real yeah. cheesy? Oh, I wouldn't say it was cheesy, um, but I think it was called um, At Home with Rob Buckingham. That's cheesy, yeah, come something on. like that. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure it was very good at the time. Uh, but <laughs> yes, the media at Bayside uh, has definitely progressed over the years. Um, it's had amazing leadership, different people, Tim Glover, Tim Smith, um, mm -hmm. Dean Rankin was the leader last year, and um, Campbell Vandersloos was the leader uh, for a couple of years before him, uh, and now I've had I've got the privilege of leading the team mm -hmm. uh, into the future, uh, and I look forward to seeing who it will be that will uh, take over my leadership one day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah. So what do you see? Um, I guess for the future of Bayside Media. Um, I see a growing ministry. I see something that uh, started very small uh, and has grown, and I believe that it's not finished growing. I believe that. Um, the, that Bayside Church as a whole hasn't finished growing, that we're going to see more campuses, um, which is going to mean we're going to need um, more volunteers joining Bayside Media. Um, I believe one day Frankston will have a video team here. I believe that um, whether we're still in this building, whether we knock down walls, expand or whatever, we'll have a bigger auditorium. And um, if we've got a bigger auditorium, then the people sitting up the back, they need to be able to see who's preaching up on the stage. So that's why we use cameras, um, so people can engage as a opposed to um, disconnect and can't see the person on the stage. That's one of the um, important um, features of having the camera uh, at Cheltenham mm -hmm. uh, that we keep hearing about. Um, but also, like, we have amazing teaching here at Bayside Church. It's great to be able to have a video put online to flick to people 
all over the world or for people um, to be able to watch again. Um, some people don't like listening to audio. They want to be able to, they're visual people, so they want to see um, video. So I think it's important that um, meet with media, especially with Bayside Church, that we keep thinking about what the next thing is. And I know that's something that's on Pastor Rob's heart because he understands that TV isn't the future um, of media and that there is new ways of communicating um, the message that we have. And as the church, we have the greatest message to tell, and that's Jesus Christ. Mm. And um, there are different ways of telling it. And one of the ways is through social media, and that's something you're going to see a lot more of. Um, and also not uh, long TV programs, but shorter segments um, that can be streamed to your device or whatever, your TV, if you have it hooked up to the internet or whatever. Um, but the age of free-to-air TV, um, I believe, is coming to an end. A lot of people um, don't... Uh, for, at least for myself, I don't tune into free-to-air TV um, these days. If I want to watch something, it's on demand, it's on Netflix, um, it's online, uh, and that's something that we've noticed and that's something that we're working with and we're wanting to uh, be on the cutting edge um, with media here at Bayside Church. We don't want to be following. We, want, we believe that the church should be a leader mm, um, in all good. those kind of things. So, um, yeah, that's where we're seeing the... Um, that's where we're seeing Bayside Media go. It's going to grow. There's going to be more people coming on board. Uh, and it's not just going to be uh, an increase of numbers uh, coming onto the team, but it'll be an increase of passion uh, and also understanding the significance of what we're doing. Um, and I, I realise I keep saying media is significant, media is significant. Um, please hear me correctly. I don't mean to say media is more significant than preaching the Word of God or more significant than worship or more significant than being um, an usher or on the kids' team. I believe every single role at Bayside Church is significant because we're all part of one body and we're all working together for one cause and that's to mm. spread the Word of Jesus Christ. Um, one thing that I love about media is we get to work with the worship team, we get to work with the people preaching, we get to work with kids' ministry uh, and we get to partner with all those different ministries um, to... Yeah, create a, a worship experience uh, each or a unique worship experience every weekend at Bayside Church at both uh, Frankston and Cheltenham locations. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's really cool. Well, it's awesome to have you here, Nathan. You can see Nathan's passion for what he does. And so, I just want to finish with this final question. We uh, mentioned at the start that you're engaged, uh, which is really exciting. You got your engagement party today, which uh, is just an example of Nathan's diligence. He's literally going to be leaving here to go straight there. Um, but I just want to ask you this question. What kind of diligence do you foresee will be needed in your marriage? It's a big question. Yeah. Um, communication, clear communication. Mm, yes. uh, one very profound thing I heard um, a couple of years ago, uh, and if you've missed any, everything that I've said this morning, um, listen up now because this is the gem in all of it. Um, you can't expect what you don't express. So if you're expecting people to do certain things, if you're expecting people uh, to pick up that towel or to empty the dishwasher, but you never express it, people aren't mind readers. Uh, so Come on, husbands, write this down. <laughs> so, so they might not be doing it, but if you clearly express to someone, hey, it's important to me that you pick up that towel, it's important to me that you... Um, empty that dishwasher or anything like that, um, then people will be receptive to that as opposed to you getting angry because they're not reading your mind quick enough. Mm, that's what I tend to do. That's all right. Oh, thank you so much. Can we put our hands together for Nate this morning? Awesome. Nate's going to head off. Um, why don't we just stand up and um, I'll just close in prayer and we'll just finish up. So I hope you got something out of that. 
uh, this morning. And, uh, you know, maybe if it was just one truth in there that you can take away with you, that would be amazing. So why don't we just um, finish in prayer. God, we just thank you for this morning. Uh, We just thank you for uh, just the different elements in this service. Um, And uh, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that uh, whatever you've spoken to us this morning, that we would leave with that. We thank you that we don't leave this place the same as when we entered. And uh, I just thank you for your blessing upon us this week as we go about uh, our work and the different things that we're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.